Hi, I'm Dan Primack, and welcome to Axios Recap, sponsored by J.P. Morgan Chase. Today's Thursday, April 1st. Stocks are up, gas prices are down for the first time in months, and we're focused on a new model for the music industry. Yesterday, a company called United Masters announced that it's raised $50 million in venture capital funding led by Apple. And that last part is a pretty big deal because Apple hasn't invested in a startup since 2017. So why United Masters? Because it may be the next major paradigm shift in the music business, a sort of substack for singers. Now, how music has traditionally worked is that an artist gets signed to a record label, which helps produce and distribute the music. That last part once involved things like printing and shipping CDs, but now mostly is about pushing digital files to streaming services like Apple Music and Spotify. Either way, the label typically retains ownership of the songs, an arrangement that got lots of attention in 2019 when Taylor Swift got into a very public spat with her former record label. The other option is you can just be an independent artist, and that's a bit easier today than it used to be, thanks to platforms like TikTok and YouTube, but it's still very hard to get noticed. For example, on an average day, about 60,000 songs are uploaded to Spotify. So enter United Masters, which not only distributes independent music to the streamers, but also works to get that music promoted on the platforms, plus via other avenues like Twitch and ESPN. United Masters takes a 10% revenue cut, but the artist retains full ownership. The company is led by Steve Stout, a former record label exec who also produced albums for such artists as Nas and Mariah Carey. We'll talk to Steve in 15 seconds about his company and the future of music. But first, this. We're joined now by Steve Stout, founder and CEO of United Masters. So Steve, let's just start here, big picture. Could you help walk us through the process for an artist using United Masters? You know, they record something in their home or a studio or wherever. Where does your company come in? First of all, thanks for having me. Let's go back to the origin. An artist back in the day, in order to find an audience, would have to go to a record company, get signed, and then hopefully the record company promote them and all of a sudden they get an audience. Now, today, because of social media, an artist actually finds an audience first. And that's where we come in. So if you're an artist, you record a song, and you're using your social media tools and you're putting the song out there. And now you want to take your music and get it on Apple and Spotify and Amazon, and you want to get your music distributed. We are the distributor. We are a record company in your pocket. You can take the phone, take your song, upload it to our app, And we will then take it from there and distribute the music to all of the platforms. The artist gets a lion's share of the revenue. 90% of the revenue goes to the artist. We get 10% for distribution. Or we have a subscription option where you pay $5 a month and you keep 100% of the revenue. Steve, you're a former record label executive. Is there still a role for record labels kind of in this digital distribution environment? Or do you believe they are losing their reason to exist? Well, I think that record companies have to change and shift. I mean, record companies 20 years ago, not only did they make the investment in signing you, but they also had to print vinyl and print CDs and ship them to record stores. And the barrier of entry for an artist to get in, to get all that stuff done was very, very high, very expensive. With all of the changes and with digital distribution, I believe that the labels, their risk is much less. So they should not own the rights of an artist any longer. They should not go into a record deal saying, hey, go some money. Now, 
I own your name and likeness. I own your IP. Those days are over with. Um, and look, we're creating an option. Either you want to sign to a major record label and get more money up front, or you want to own your rights in perpetuity and sign with us, partner with us, and we distribute your music, and we'll give you the technological edge. So when you own the music, all of a sudden, when you start speaking about NFTs and where the world is going with technology opening up and unlocking new value to the, to the owner, you are now in position to take advantage of those opportunities because you own it, where previously you wouldn't be even sitting at that table because the record company owned your rights. Let me ask one more record company question, which is how much of the economics of a record company, the positive economics of a record company was owning those rights? Oh, every, oh, forget it. I mean, they own the record, right? So you sign with them and all of a sudden you die. It goes up in sales. The anniversary of the album, it goes up in sales. They take all your music and they box it together and make a box set and sell it again. They're not even paying to market the record you just, as a consumer, you broke it and you have to go buy a new one. They make money. So when they owned the rights, they owned everything. I mean, it's that part of it is really, really unfair, is that the, the record companies built a business off of owning artists' rights. That's not right. United Masters has deals with TikTok and the NBA and Twitch, ESPN, et cetera. It feels almost like these deals, I mean, not only the record companies being disintermediated, but it seems that these deals are kind of also taking the place of artists, managers, and agents. Is that a fair way to understand this as well? No, no. I mean, having those partners, look, we have a million artists united on our platform. We want to have partners like that so that we have optionality to help our artists get into different opportunities. That's why, you know, we have a built-in agency called Translation. And Translation is our business development and marketing arm that has these brand relationships. And we create a marketplace where the artists and the brands can work together. We want you to have a manager. That's great. We also believe that every artist, along with the manager, uh, needs a chief technology officer, somebody who understands technology, because as all this value is being unlocked, you need somebody who understands and can get this thing done, you know? Steve, you talked about how things have changed in the sense that you can basically now record a song on your own and get it on the platforms, either using United Masters or another way. But how does your company help deal with the kind of music discovery problem? Because if there are so many songs being loaded to these platforms each day, it's pretty easy for an artist's work to get lost. Well, that's what's happening. I mean, look, the independent music Artists, the independent music business, the independent artist is the fastest growing aspect of the music business. And yeah, Spotify is getting 60,000 tracks a day. People are uploading music because they want an opportunity. You know, the artists are coming out from everywhere. That's a really good thing because the consumers is going to be able to get a chance to all different types of music. Discovery becomes tougher. Yes. And that's why having for us specifically, having the NBA as our sync rights partner, having ESPN as our sync right partner. So you're watching a highlight of LeBron dunking or Steph Curry or James Harden or, you know, RJ Barrett, whatever it may be. You're watching this and the music behind it may be something that catches your interest. I'm sure there's songs that you've heard watching an NFL game or something. And you're like, what is that? Or a TV commercial or a movie. So having partners in which you can get sync rights to allows us a bit to get our artist songs placed outside of 
their social media or playlists, you're adding more layers in which discovery can happen. Steve, obviously one of the biggest complaints by artists in the streaming age has been how little they get paid per stream or, you know, portions of pennies per stream. Does United Masters help improve on that at all? Or are the streaming economics for artists still really problematic even with United Masters? Well, look, the rates that the streaming companies pay are something that they negotiated with the legacy record companies many, many years ago. And they get a percentage of, in the case of Spotify, there's a percentage of advertising as well. What I'll say to you is, as the streaming rates, and as an argument is problematic that it's low, I will tell you that the lion's share of whatever that streaming number is should go to the artist. The lion's share of that number should go to the artist, period. And whether we negotiate over time to get the streaming numbers up, that may be the case. But I don't think that the distribution of whatever that number is, the lion's share should stay and remain with the record company, not going forward. Steve, your company just announced a $50 million venture capital investment led by Apple. Uh, two questions on this. First is, I don't believe Apple has invested in any tech startup in the last four years. I think Chinese car sharing company Didi was the last one. So let me just start with, how the hell did you get an investment out of Apple? <laughs> That's funny. Um, look, I, I spent time with the powers that be at Apple, the executives over there. And look, they've known me for a while. My The agency translation represents, our internal agency represents Beats by Dre. Uh, but we've been working with Apple for years. And the executives over there, Eddie Q specifically, and Oliver Schusser, and I, we have the same beliefs. We share the same ideology around artists and creators need to feel like they're taken care of. Like if you're independent, you shouldn't feel less than an artist that's signed to a major label. You should be able to get the same opportunities, the same values, the same treatment, even though you're independent and remove that stigma. Uh, you're a creator, there's a home for you. And it was those ideas and those shared values that led to this partnership. I feel very privileged. I don't want it to get mis mistaken. I'm very privileged that they chose to make this this investment. I also know that this is a new day for independent artists, and we're going to keep supplying the technology in order to keep making sure that our artists on our platform are advanced and that they have every opportunity that technology is providing. That's what we raised the money for, to go global as well and hire the best talent. Like, so I'm really excited about this, and I agree with you that they don't do this often, but I think they did it well, I know they did it because they do believe at heart that every artist should have the opportunity to make a living doing what they love. Uh, Steve, last question for you on Apple. Can you help me just better understand what the partnership actually means? Because you guys were already obviously streaming your artists you know, into Apple Music. So what really does this partnership mean practically? And as a piece of that, how, if at all, does this impact your relationship with Spotify? Okay, well, the, uh, the partnership means that I, our artists are going to get a, a shot, an opportunity to get co-promotions and marketing campaigns and things that Apple do for the artist community. And I believe that they're now invested in the outcome, right? So because they're invested in the outcome, the opportunities are going to be 
plentiful and we're going to be able to see technology first and be able to take advantage of that to help our artists and our platform continue to succeed and grow. This doesn't hurt our relationship with Spotify at all. The team at Spotify and I are very close. They also believe in championing the independent artists. They, this is something that helps the industry and the customer overall. You want as much music coming from as many places as possible. Discovery is very, very important. And if independent artists have a shot to actually be able to succeed, it helps the entire industry overall. And Spotify, Amazon, and others are all aligned with that idea. Steve, last thing very quickly. Give me the name of one independent artist whose songs I probably have not heard, who I should start streaming today and take a listen to. I'm going to mess his last name up, but he is outrageous. Toby Nguyen. Toby Nguyen is amazing. And he was an independent artist. He is. Put out music on our platform for three years in a row. Once a week, put out a song. And this year broke big. Dave Chappelle backing him and Questlove and The Roots backing him. And he put out a song called Try Jesus. And you should check that song out. Toby Nguyen. Steve Stout of United Masters, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Welcome back. What we're watching today is fallout from a major worker error at a vaccine production facility in Baltimore, where ingredients got mixed up for the Johnson & Johnson vaccine. The upshot is that 15 million doses are going down the drain, but it might not be quite as awful as it sounds. Three things to know. First, all of the J&J &J vaccine currently being distributed in the U.S. is being manufactured overseas, so this won't impact shipments over the next few weeks. Two, the Baltimore facility, run by a publicly traded company called Emergent Biosolutions, doesn't yet have FDA approval to make the J&J &J vaccine, but did have an application pending. Now the plant's vaccine effort, for the time being, is, well, it's in quarantine. Three, experts believe this could have an impact on global vaccination efforts, but shouldn't require President Biden to backtrack on his promise to have enough available vaccine for all U.S. adults by the end of May. And we're done. Big thanks for listening. And to my producers, Tim Shovers, Naomi Shaven, and Alex Sugiara. Have a great April Fool's Day, which is also National Burrito Day. And we'll be back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.